Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Like you finished before you start Things got ugly for a while back there I know I thought that you wouldn't pull through so we couldn't pull the Blink-182 on the Stranglers and make them stop sound checking. so uh, we've moved to the bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do new new just hearing that Peach's bass line. Um, so we're talking about Jay Bentley. Oh, yeah. And his, uh, I guess, kind of introduction into your world and, and the role he's played, really, in, you know, helping you finalise your, your current lineup, and I guess also just, you know, championing the band in general, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we got the Bad Religion tour, which was a little bit scary, you know, uh, to go out with uh, that legendary and longstanding of a punk rock uh, band is, you know, when you're out there, it's just me and Tim, you know, with our uh, piano and acoustic and a couple electric guitars. But I think having against me on the tour helped everybody, you know, because it, it there's sort of a, they were a bridge between, I guess, what I do and what Bad Religion does. And, uh, you know, there's certainly Lara is an incredible songwriter and, and as well as them just being this ferocious punk rock act, um, it all kind of made sense. But yeah, Jay took to what we were doing and really supported it. And, uh, he would come out every night with Adam from, from, uh, against me and they'd play the last two songs with Tim and I, which was great. Uh, we could kind of show all the things that we do. And uh, and then when the tour was kind of getting towards the end, uh, Jay brought his son Miles out to see the show, and 
mentioned like, oh yeah, he's a great musician. And, and then as I was putting the band together, um, he suggested, he was like, hey, would it be cool if you gave my son a tryout? Which at that point, you know, it was a little like, oh man, I really hope he's good. You know, because I love Jay now and we're good friends and he was so supportive. You know, you don't want to like have the, uh, have the tryout go badly. Yeah. <clears throat> and you but, want him to be good. Yeah, you want him to be great. You want the band to, to be what what you need it to be. So um, thankfully it's working out. And uh, he's been a great addition. He's he's uh, he's terrific. It's funny to see like all of uh, Jay's friends kind of rooting for him. You know, the, the Kent Jamesons of the world and Christina yeah, yeah. Whites and all those people that have been, you know, friends with Bad Religion and seen him grow up now seeing him out on a stage you know and, and it's cool uh we have him play a mandolin on a song and he's very very musical um so yeah the band has, has miles in it uh, kevin conroy's playing drums from jersey he used to also work for the bouncing souls so that uh there's a link there you know i used to as well um and then uh obviously my brother tim and then we have kaylee goldsworthy playing keys and singing and she plays a bit of mandolin she plays the violin she i nice. mean she's uh one of those music kind of uh college study kind of music people you know where they know can actually read music and, yeah yeah, 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 she, yeah. Can, she can do all that so you don't meet many rock musicians who can actually read music do you can you read music i can read it really slowly i could probably read german faster than i could read music you know <laughs> um yeah it's uh it is rare <clears throat> and so uh, she brings a different element, which is cool. You know, it's uh, she rocks with the best of them, and then also has this, you know, different kind of approach. Um, whereas, like a guy like Miles, it's like total feel. Yeah, and that's super cool too to have that. You know, to have somebody who, you know, what they don't have in cerebral knowledge of or approach to music, he's got this undeniable natural ability which is is awesome to tap into it's got to be really exciting when you put those different styles together as well and you've got these different flavors in the pot right in terms of how you all gel as a unit <laughs> yeah i think it's i think it's been great i mean this is only our 20 something show you know like 21st or second or something and uh the band gels well on stage everyone's been really excited about it the shows have gone off great and uh and we're getting along as well. Like everyone is figuring out their their sort of place in the, the social order of it. You know, um, there's a lot new about it. You know, this is my first bus tour bus that I've like hired, so that's new to me. And that going up in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> um, hey, listen, you don't have a bottle opener, do you, Dave? Oh, uh, I can't do the trick. You with don't a... know the trick. Trick for you. I quit drinking, but I, I did. You really? Yeah, I certainly know how to. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> uh, I certainly know how to get a bottle open. Um, here you go. What led that? Um, it's fun until it isn't fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think you know, there's the fun aspect of drinking, and then there's sort of like the addiction aspect of it, and the, and. The, the thing that can sort of lead your life into sketchy territory. Yeah. And, uh... At what age did you first 
sort of try alcohol and start getting drunk? Because you started touring from what, the age of like 17, was it? It was no, pretty it was young. Little, I guess a little older than that. Maybe, yeah, maybe 19, right. something like that. Um, I started drinking around 12 or 13. And, uh, you know, I had my times where it was really, you know, a lot of drinking and then other times where I'd take a break. But pretty much from my mid-20s, um, it, it was pretty hard partying for a long time. Is that because of the lifestyle of being on the road or do you think that's just something that was kind of innately in you anyway and a mixture of the two? I think it was a mixture probably. Um, I don't know. i got to work it all out in therapy. But um, Did you go through rehab or anything like that or did you just decide I'm stopping and that's I that? I didn't go through rehab. I'm not sure that that was the wisest idea to not go. Okay. Um, but you felt like perhaps you could have benefited from that. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has their methods. I think that... Uh, you know, I, I did go to one meeting with Jay Bentley, actually. Um, oh, shit, I'm not supposed to say that. Okay. Am I not supposed to say that? He talks about it. He talks time. about it on Instagram a lot. Oh, okay. That, that's what made me want to get him really on this podcast. Oh, is yeah. Because he, he did a big post uh, at the end of the Gimme's run that they just done over here about how he hadn't had a drink for however many years and mm-hmm. he got into the stage of, like, falling asleep in car yeah. parking lots underneath cars. And, yeah, he so he he's definitely, like... Yeah, I got that information out there. I attended a meeting with him just to see what it was like, um, and also with my friend Christina. Um, And and there's lots of ways to get the job done. There's lots of tools to get the job done. Um, Yeah, cold turkey was a little sketchy, and um, and took me down some weird paths. You know that first summer, but uh, in what way? I mean, I just think like. To some degree... I'm not being disrespectful by drinking a beer in front of you not whilst we're all. talking no, no, about no. this. Sorry. No, no, no. I think, like, I've tried to keep... I <laughs> just realized I'm, like, swigging really away. personal. You know, it's, it's yeah. my own thing. I mean, I love to party. I love drinking beers. I love hanging out and, and certainly wouldn't want to rob anybody of that joy. Um, I don't know. I, I it's, a, it's a work in progress, I suppose. I don't know if it'll be forever. I don't know if... It probably should be, you know. I think... Um, you know, you don't want to wake up on the front mat of the place you're staying in your 30s, you know, like, uh, which has happened, you know, I think. Uh, that is the thing, isn't it, with it is is kind of age. It For for you, it stops being fun, as you say, but also when other people are sort of looking at you when you're young, it's kind of like, oh, it's a little bit, you know, roguish and charming in its own way. Right. But you get to a certain age and as you say, it's kind of not cool. You're kind of old enough to know better, aren't you, at a certain age? I, I don't know. I mean, it's tricky because, like, you know, as they study addiction and, and when you bring in the psychology of it, uh, old enough to know better is tough because if you have that propensity, uh, you might know better but not have a whole lot of control, you know? I mean, it gets a hold of you. So I try to be respectful of everybody's... Uh, journey and everybody's level of addiction and everybody's level of uh coping and all that kind of stuff and it's i think just like anything else in life the older you get the less you you know i don't know i mean i I think for me it just was as simple as i was i didn't want to go back down a few of the paths i'd been down and it can if there's a fire in in the kitchen you don't want to pour extra 
gas on it. Mm -hmm. And um, had it had it sort of toll on your relationships? Had it yeah, affected I, I them negatively? Say, I mean, I had a, a friend of mine say like, "Well, what do you mean you're stopping drinking? Like, you always have it together." So, well, I suppose maybe it presents that way, but I had, um, you know, I had. I owned two houses in a construction business and had a fairly, you know, on their way up kind of band and the loved ones and a marriage and all that stuff's gone. Like you could maybe count some of that as wreckage in the ravine, so to speak of, of at least, you know, some of that's attributed to drinking. I don't know. And he was like, Oh, I guess I never thought about it that way. You seem to be landing on your feet or whatever. You know, at that point I'd already been solo, you know, and, had a couple records out and so I, I, th I really do think it's a personal thing you got to figure out what you want out of life and aging with any grace is difficult especially in rock and roll um so I don't know it, it, it's working out now I, I I don't know how I'd be able to manage um what's on my plate right now adding heavy partying to it um is that the only way it is with you as well? Are you the kind of guy that can't just have one or two beers and leave Eventually, it at that? Eventually. I don't think it would be like the first night. I don't know that it would be like, oh, I had, ah. a, I had one of those Coronas and <laughs> You're I, out I couldn't stop. Running naked down the street or something. Yeah. Probably not. Like if we did that in Birmingham, then I doubt it would go that way. But, you know, it, it would accumulate, I think. And by summertime, you might be seeing a much different version. And, and I don't know about that guy. You know, that guy, I don't trust that guy as much. And um, Are you friends with Mike from No Effects? Yeah, uh-huh. He's obviously been going through similar sort of things recently, and he's been talking very openly about that on his social medias and how he sort of, you know, went through a detox, I guess, is what he said he did as opposed to rehab. But there's a song on the new album. Have you heard the new No Effects record? I haven't, no. There's a song on it called I Don't Like Me Anymore. Oh, I did hear that song. I, I, uh, I guess I saw that on... And he's talking about looking at himself in the mirror and seeing, you know, this 50-year-old drunk guy looking back at him and not liking that person. Have you spoken to him about it and his I have relationship a, with alcohol and his journey? I have a little bit. Uh, he came out to the Falcon Show in Los Angeles and we talked. He was during, he was busy with the detox at that point. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say about that. I don't, I don't know... Um, I don't know what his story is. I, I, I usually see him and we talk about music. You know, we've, you know, certainly partied quite a bit together over the years. Um, I think, I think you can be in a position where, you know, as a really intelligent person, you can kind of outsmart yourself. And, uh, you know, my, Mike has said to me like, well, I'm not going to go into therapy. I can always outsmart the therapist. And, uh, I mean, he said that many years ago. I don't know if that's his take now, but I, I think that's might be missing the point of why you're there. I don't know. It's not a competition. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's not a chess match. <laughs> if you want to play chess, join the chess club. Yeah, the therapy. I think is you know your goal. Your goal is to different. search something inside you, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I'm I'm not sure what his journey is right now. I haven't been in direct. Um contact with him as much i mean i think our common denominator was probably partying and did you find that as well when you stopped that 
a lot of friendships perhaps changed because at the core of it was yeah, that side. I mean, I, I guess I'm finding that over time. I mean, the the thing that brings everybody together, though, is music. And so I still get to spend that time with people, and it just is, the focus is a little different. I'm just gone before it gets really, uh, mm-hmm. gets really crazy. I usually just tap out, you know, yeah. I go back to the hotel or I go back home or depending on where I'm at, I'll just get on the bus. I mean, I, I'm i learning that a different tempo, I suppose, of, of what the night will bring. And But yeah, some relationships do change and, and that's got its own baggage and sadness, I suppose, but I don't know. I mean, we're getting to the point you know, when you're in your 30s, you start to see people uh, go down some really dark paths. You start to lose people. People start to die. Um, it's not all fun and games, you know, and, and, and your, your body starts to give out and stuff like that. I've seen it with, with friends. I've lost friends to it. So I'm just tr- maybe trying to stay out ahead of that. I don't want to be that casualty. I've got nieces and nephews and and sisters and my little brothers, like, with me on tour I, I, I don't want you know uh, I don't want to be pissing out of a, a fifth floor window in, in in Germany and fall out you know and with and have my brother have to deal with that you know that's that's what it, it can get to yeah yeah you know you're yeah. one slip away and I think like coming to terms with that and knowing you're not invincible and uh, being willing to admit that has I mean it really has a positive effect at least for me um so that's why I guess I'm hesitant to to make any comment about you know Mike or I don't I don't know what his deal is you know yeah yeah I, I, I just wondered well. whether through your process you had perhaps connected with people in a different way through sort of seeking advice for sure yeah I mean a lot of that though or whether you're on your own mental I'm on my journey. own I'm on my own again it gets back to that Groucho Marx quote but but I do, I have found a lot of people um, reaching out, you know, Johnny Two Bags from Social Distortion and, and just various people that have gone ahead of me um, and have played music for a lot longer and have done it with the elimination of, of the party, so to speak, you know, the booze and the drugs and all that, have reached out and said like, hey, there, there is a, a way to do this. You know, I know it probably seems weird and it does it feels really strange at first but you know give it a little time and see if you can hold out and and um it gets a little easier and and that's been true so far you know i i I still have my times you know but uh when are there moments when you perhaps miss it the most or you feel like you're sort of maybe itching for for a taste, are, are there any sort of triggers? I guess would be the, oh, the phrase a for you. Of them. Yeah, there's a are there any specific them. for you that you've noticed recur? Yeah, and I think, um, I think you know the tour bus. It, it, you know, I remember. I, I mean, even coming back through all of these towns that I haven't played in a couple of years, you remember. Oh, I was in that bar, and that's a great place to get a drink, or. So you sort of, I mean, Amsterdam, for instance, you know, you're, I'm there and I'm like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. I don't exactly know what to do now after the show. The city not, of sin. Cause, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I know where to get really good drugs there, but yeah. I'm not getting them. So you end up sort of cruising around the canals and having a look at 
other things and, and realizing how much beauty's in that city and absolutely that doesn't get really focused on from from sort of i guess a certain touristic standpoint because it is so renowned for yeah it's kind of his culture and red light district and everything else but you kind of branch out of that central part and you know all around those canals and everything it's beautiful isn't it's it? beautiful yeah so i think it's just a shift of focus it's a reframe and and you're out in the day and actually seeing these cities because their cities are totally different beasts by night and day, aren't they? And Agree, yeah. It's obviously nice to get out and actually walk around in the day and see monuments and architecture. And I think it's, yeah, it ends up being more inspiring. You know, there's more, uh, more goes into the songwriting file. Um, Do you find yourself kind of feeling more, if that makes sense, like being aware and conscious of your emotions? Because when I had the two months off, alcohol January February I found myself after a couple of weeks being really present and like alert and awake to the good and bad emotions yeah I think that that's true um there is some weird thing about the hangover that softens you up though and Mm -hmm. lots of creative stuff would happen the morning after for me maybe you're still kind of drunk and the guards down the gu- yeah you're kind of vulnerable I, and I do miss a little bit of that um there's, there's me right now like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's weird things about that that i miss um but i think you miss all kinds of strange things uh you know you get nostalgic for all kinds of things that you don't necessarily want in your life but you still kind of miss them mm-hmm. you know it's like uh you know your, your old town you, you you miss it you're not necessarily going to go back there and, and live there but um again like i mean i'm i'm always trying to push forward it's like onward is that is that phrase that tomorrow not yesterday yeah kind of yeah that's that's more what i'm interested in is is and also sometimes to a fault you know being present i think as you said that's that's a goal it's hard um but if, if anything, I'd rather err on the side of looking forward than backwards. You know, that's if if there is a if there's any wisdom in that, I, I don't know. That's that's what I'm trying to to chase is is like on to the next thing. You know, if, I don't want to stay in a bad pattern. Is that you know if that makes any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of cyclical, isn't it? And you even with me now after having two months away from alcohol and then I've just done a 10 day tour and you very quickly just fall straight into okay I'm, I'm drinking every day and yeah it's it can it can flip so quickly and you get into a routine and a pattern and mm-hmm. yeah it's very uh behavioral and you can kind of switch and as you say unless you're conscious of the direction and the way things are going mm-hmm. it's very easy to lose track of time and then go oh my god all of a sudden it's like you know however many months have passed and you're still doing the same thing and you haven't even realized it. Oh, I think it, it can work into years. And that's what I've noticed is, you know, dear friends of mine are waking up 40 and wondering what happened to their 30s and wondering what to do next and have not necessarily thought about any of that stuff till now. And it, and it, it feels like this enormous weight on them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm guilty of that too. Missing tax years. <laughs> I just said, ah, fuck it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it comes back to bite you. You gotta, you gotta at least do some responsible things and you can't Peter Pan it forever, I guess. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Who is your favorite drinking buddy or favorite? Oh, I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, and some of them don't even really drink anymore. Uh, I mean, the Souls, we had so many great times. Um, the Trio. Hot water music guys, they're all, you know, the loved ones, the, the guys in that band, we would get hammered. <laughs> we were, uh, you know, in particular, we did this Hold Steady tour where we just were so fired up to be there and getting getting on great with those guys, and they were sort of peaking or whatever. They were at the height of their powers. We just ripped, you know. <laughs> it, was, it was a nonstop party. Um... But you know, I still see all, all those people in, in different, in different ways, and still make music with a lot of them. And like you said, it's just more about what you do in the daytime. Yeah, and trying to actually form meaningful experiences because you kind of take for granted the social environment of a party or a pub or a tour bus or whatever, and you don't have to think about it because the alcohol's flowing and it's just it's kind of natural and it comes easy. But when that's removed, you're like, oh, I kind of want to now. Let's go do something. Let's go somewhere. Let's see something. Let's yeah, and that's awkward at first. You know, it that's awkward. Um, you figure it out though. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's like that thing. You can do a bunch of drugs and and let it all rip. You know, truth serum. Yeah. And you're talking and sharing, and but the problem is, like the next day, you don't remember. You've heard the person's whole life story, heard their darkest demons. You feel connected to them in the moment. And the next day, neither of you remember. That's the worst part. Yeah, you're trying it's to recall. It's such a tragedy. It's such this. a shame. Yeah, and so I get it. I mean, I get the, you know, it, there's something about that that's special. You're you're trying to connect, and you're doing you're using these um, chemical means to do so. And I don't think it's all darkness. No. But to wake up and forget it all, and then sort of you need all that again just to get back to that same place. It seems like maybe there's another way around it. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's hard. I haven't really talked that much about this stuff and I haven't really 
worked it all out and and when was your last drink it was um it was right around the fourth of july it was this, it was right after fourth of july holiday in 2015 so it's been about, about a, a year, year and, and a half. half yeah and um there's a lot of firsts, you know, after that, you know, well, but, and, and, and I eased into it. I was like, well, I'm going to try this. I'll try to do this tour. And it was an eight week American tour and, uh, got through that. And I was like, all right, maybe I'll go back to drinking. Well, no, maybe I won't. And just little by little that these start to stack up and new patterns start to emerge. And I do feel better. Um, it's a little boring, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but again, like, you know, you can choose to spend your time any way you want. And you could fill your day with a lot of exciting and interesting things. I read more, you know, I see more stuff around the towns other than just the inside of pubs. And uh, so far, so good. I don't know. There's a lot of songs that I've written, which... Has it fueled the creative muse as opposed to? It has, yeah. I think, soften or? I think you. It's just easier to work. It. Easier to like actually Amen, focus yeah. on any work when you're not. Well, I do writing as well, like journalism stuff, and I just can't write on a hangover. Yeah, I just exactly. can't. Yeah, I just I look at the screen and my mind's just blank. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like impossible. It's like just it's saturated with alcohol. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I just. It's just easier to focus on lots of stuff. I think. Um, without that constant all-day distraction, you know, you're distracted in the morning from the night before, and then you need to scratch the itch. I mean, it's it's a loop. Yeah. At least it was for me. Um, I think I'm finding that it is for me. Which is why I'm sort of asking you about it. Really, is yeah, yeah. as much from like me seeking advice point of view. Because <laughs> um, well, I'm hesitant to to give any advice because I think. Um, well, more like uh, secondary advice. So, like, just hearing your experience and then taking that and yeah, my experience. Uh, I I would say that a lot of the the fears weren't facts. Um, oh, am I gonna not have my friends? Or my friends not gonna want to hang out with me? Am I gonna lose my relationship? Am I gonna, you know, fill in the blank of whatever the fear might be? Am I gonna still have the same social group? Well, it might change a little, but. I think instead of being focused on those fears, it, I've found it to be helpful to to see what the positives are. You know, am I going to have more time to read? Am I going to know more about what's going on politically? Am I going to be uh, more engaged with uh, my nieces and nephews and my sisters? Am I going to be a better brother? Am I going to be a better friend? Am I more in touch with my friends that are sort of all over the country that it's hard to be a good friend to anybody when you're gone as much as I am. So, you know, are you going to be more thoughtful of other people? Which you are, aren't you? I am. I, I, I found I'm with not... time off that you just, you work harder because you've got more time and more energy and you're thinking about it more. And you make. I found from my like little break of it, I was like, I preferred myself sober. As it were. <laughs> right. I did. Like, <laughs> I do too. I, I do too. I love partying as well though. So it's like that battle and that's, it's... that's the struggle, I guess, isn't it? Is, well, the t- realizing when you've had your fun and your fill. Right. I think um, what the, the, one of the hard things is like how annoying it is after a while to be around drunk people, people that are super drunk. Yeah. Um, 10 p.m. is my cutoff point if I'm not drinking. I just can't be around people longer than that. 
gets right. to like the fifth or sixth drink and everything ramps up. Yeah, and 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 even people you love start to become and I've been that person many times. I'm sure you oh, were too, and to, yeah. you become so boring because you're like so repetitive, right? And you're sort of hammering home the same point, and you're sort of looking at the person saying it to you like, "Yeah, you told me this." Like, right, right. I get it. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's tricky, um, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's like new new things have emerged, and like I said, I mean, the the fears were just that, you know just fears they weren't reality you know it's hard to figure out exactly what to do with your hands socially <laughs> without a drink and literally i mean yeah. actually yeah that's a tom waits yeah. uh, uh that's one of the things he said when he got asked about stopping drinking i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> and uh you I met can, him i can relate no, no i haven't met him no um i can relate to that i think that that's you know, a little microcosm of like, I don't know what to do with myself. Um, but eventually you figure it out. And, and I think uh, a wise man, uh, told me who's he's probably 10 years older than I, this, uh, promoter in Philadelphia, Brian Dilworth. He told me one time, like part of being an adult is managing the boredom. And I didn't really get it at the time I was actually on that Hold Steady tour that I was just talking about and he had really ramped down his drinking and partying or whatever and and that was his quote that really stuck with me like, oh maybe you're right he's like that's why they have baseball and that's why they have you know distractions yeah well, yeah. there's other ways healthy that, distractions yeah there's other things you can get into other than complete annihilation <laughs> self destruction <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a trip. I mean, it's a new thing, uh, relatively new, a year and a half. And, you know, one of the things I kept coming back to was like, well, I've spent an enormous amount of my adult life in that realm. Time for something new. Yeah, what if it was just something new? What if, what if, it, what if I do it for two years and see? And uh, we'll see, you know. We'll see what happens. See you back here in another couple of years, and we'll see how it's well, going. Well, I don't plan to wait another couple of years to get back here. No, let's hope not. <laughs> For sure, man. That, that that was too long of a of a wait, and I'm super thankful that that there's still an audience and still a fervor for for. For this and, and excited. The new album's amazing, man. Thanks, it's man. It's really great. Thanks. Yeah. Musically, it's it's different and it's kind of more broad. Mm -hmm. And the sort of tones and sounds that you're delving into are, you know, new for me as a listener of, of your solo stuff, particularly mm -hmm. the Mermaid track, like, yeah. and the, the Dirty Fucker track is a rocker, like, that's mm -hmm. a real rocker, and obviously I guess part of that is getting a full band behind you, so you've got that band sound, right, so it's a group, and it's dynamic, and it's... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think we did good, I think the record's really fun to listen to, it's a record you want to press repeat on, which was a goal... It's a record. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, like now that we're almost out of winter, it's meant to be kind of a spring record. I was going to ask you, is moving west to the Sunshine State, has that affected the sound? Maybe even unconsciously? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I think it was Because they're hard. very different scenes, aren't they, east and west? Oh, yeah. I think it was it was harder for me to write out west in, in the way that I was used to writing, which is like that sort of bittersweet, thing this is certainly the sweeter side of the bittersweet thing um 
and I mean, I wasn't as bummed. I had a, a happier, sunnier disposition. So I had to figure out how to make that part of my musical album yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and not turning it, not turn it into like something hokey. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, it's something new. I mean, now that we have this political climate that we slipped into. Yeah. Ain't all sunshine. No, no. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that affects, I mean, everything, but, but certainly the creative output. I mean, we'll see. Um, yeah, it's something new, and, and I'm excited about the record, and it's it's cool to kind of kick the door down on it over here and get people fired up on it, and then it'll be really fun to come back in the summer and and do stuff in the States in the spring, because um, that's kind of where the record's supposed to sit. You know, it's supposed to be like, oh, we're going to the beach, let's put that Bury Me in Philly record on, um, whereas Devour was much more... Autumnal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It has that like heartbreak, sort of deathy, mm-hmm. um, but but like in a sweet way, you know. The yeah, way, yeah. same way like you, you want to listen to the Cure in, mm-hmm. in the fall. That was sort of that was conscious. We held that record back and put it out in the fall for that very reason, so that it hopefully strikes a chord. But um, this one certainly, you know, we wanted to get it out in the winter and get to work, and so that people were sort of in love with it by the spring that's ready to sing along <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah what we'll have you got see. in the diary so far that you can talk about for this side of of the world in okay, terms so of festivals shows yeah we're coming over to do hurricane and Southside festival in germany and some shows around that some club shows and and uh some supporting of uh i can't actually say it i'm not allowed which makes me crazy i want to just talk about it but you, s- can you tell me after the mics are off? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and by the time this, this <laughs> pop- by the time this goes out, it pro- um, when are you announcing? Do you know? I don't. I would think it's within a week. This will be at least three or four weeks. From oh, now. oh, 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 like, yeah. So we're gonna do stuff with Gogo longer, Bordello yeah. Nice in June. Um, in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure if it gets to the UK. I haven't seen the finalized thing. And then we're talking about uh, doing some stuff in the uk in august that i definitely can't say because i'm not sure if that is going to work out right but um yeah so we're going to but, but the goal is to be busy i mean i i had uh, a nice dinner with my european booking agent uh, the day of the london show and it was funny because he was like well who's that his name's toby um right. and uh i was telling him i wanted to be busy and he's like yeah that's great i just want to see the show to see what will make the most sense should I have you on this bill or that bill or this festival? And he was really excited about the show after the nice. Yeah, you know, the London show went really well. Yeah, and uh, so I think he left there with a lot of confidence in in where he could put the band. I mean, the band's pretty versatile, even for being a, a young quote unquote band. Especially after this new album. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that there's there's lots of stuff. Between the three records, there's a lot of demand um, that on, the, on the players. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. we, we got to be able to play this way, that way, and the other way. So we rehearsed a lot, and and there's everybody in the band has an innate musical ability that that has allowed us to do a lot. Like, we've played all the songs from all three records. We, we did that within the first week of the... Do you change it up every night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. few bands do that. Even bands that I love and admire... You go see him a couple of times and you're like, 
that's basically exactly the same set same songs in the same order and i get it i get that if there's especially like production you need right. to plan and have that but like for me you want that air as a fan of unpredictability and, I agree. You, and you want to know if yeah. you go to a couple of shows on the tour that you're going to get different shows at separate nights you know well we have that and um, for you as much as anyone for the performer like you want to mix it up right and keep it you fresh do. you and want different. to stay on your toes and you want to uh be engaged you don't want to be in verse two and realize like i don't even know what i just sang did i get all that right because it's autopilot. autopilot yeah you know i think that there's a familiarity you want uh with with it so that um like muscle memory you want to be able to be familiar with the songs enough that you can rock it right into one on the fly uh but you don't want to be bored of it yeah so it's a balance um i think uh at least for the way i like to do it i, I want to be challenged and but then also have certain like songs like all right well we're gonna play autism vaccine blues it gets it gets the crowd yeah wild or i want to be able to play an acoustic song and are you doing Come On Kid, Come On? Yeah, yeah, I that's that got to go in there. I, you know, I, think, I think there's certain certain deals. Staples, right? Yeah, we've made certain deals with the audience kind of thing, you know, where, well, once you sort of present a single, if you will, I mean, I don't know what constitutes that, but, you know, when, when you go like, oh, we've got a new record and here's the song. Yeah. Do you have a hand? Are you the one who says, I want this single, this single, this single? Sometimes. Do you even know sometimes when you've written a track like this has got to be a single? Um, increasingly less and less, um, because everybody hears it differently, and and if you're gonna go into business with with people, um, it's because hopefully they can bring something new to the table, and so if you have a manager or a um, a label that says, well, I hear my mistake as being the single, and I'm like, well. I don't know. I hadn't really pictured that. And if you can kind of wrap your head around what they're trying to say, maybe it reaches more people. I don't know. I've, I've been trying to be more open about that. Uh, is there a song called Driving Lorraine? What's the song? Oh, oh Divine Lorraine. Yeah. That's, that, for me, is the single jam. That's, That's what my girlfriend says. Amazing too. song. Thanks, man. That's the one for me. I was like... I played that like three times in a row after going through the album. I went back to that three times because I was like, that's the one. Yeah, that one seems to resonate and it's not an obvious one it's not like uh it's not like the typical thing that would that someone would maybe play when they're like oh you should check out the avaz or whatever you know whereas so, maybe track one on the album would be right what's right. that with me with you with you with, with you, you. uh-huh yeah that seems more familiar is it. that a show opener that for me sounds like a show opener kind it's of it's early in the set yeah, yeah it always is yeah um but again it, uh that's something that I did a lot on the last record where I was like, I kind of wrote a show slash record opener in Damascus and used it in that exact form for many, many, many shows. And with this one, I've been trying to push, push it at least three or four down in order to do something new. You know, a huge inspiration for me is Pearl Jam and and, they just uh, go out, don't they, on the day of the gig and sort of get a lay of the land, and or maybe they do. That's what I've read and heard. Yeah, that's, that's they just the sort myth. of walk around and then just make up the set list on the day. Every day it's different. They change it maybe during the show. Yeah, that's a real band, right? Springsteen does the same thing, and and that to me is that to me not only um, not only is it great for the band. 
because like you said, uh, you stay challenged and on your toes. But I think it it respects the audience in a different way. I mean, if, if you know they're always going to open with, I don't know, even flow or yeah. something, it gets old. You want to be challenged. I mean, within reason. So it's, it's again, it's a balance. But, but I think it respects the audience. I think knowing that people are in a different mood on a Monday than they are on a Friday, knowing that, you know, if you're going into a bank holiday weekend, you're looking for one thing. And if you're out on, you know, a random Wednesday, it, there, there are different yeah. circumstances. In, in that was my favorite part about scheduling music on my radio show. Yeah. Was, you know, each day is different. Each time of day is different. Like, take those things into account. There's creativity and fun to be had with that. I agree. And that's that's also, that gets back to that autumnal release versus, you know, yeah. those things are they're meaningful to me and, and they've always been meaningful over the course of my life like certain records mark certain times and, and you know you get around say spring and you're like oh, I'm gonna put that Fleetwood Mac record on or that Hold Steady record or you know so I think as be, you know being a, such a huge fan of music and someone who relies on it as you know Serves like so soundtracks. Yeah, I think you want to respect that that's happening with your music, with with your audience, and so switching it up and making it different and and keeping it exciting is uh, is part of the the puzzle. I mean, the other thing is we've been super fortunate to have a group of fans that that I mean, there's a woman coming tonight. It's her 99th Dave Ha show. Wow. So tomorrow's our hundredth. You know, and that, that will be tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. Like, yeah, 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 she's coming. So, and, and there's a group of people that have been doing that since the revival tour. They've been they they kind of got into it and stayed into it, and they come to multiple shows and they want to hear the deep tracks and they want to hear the weird off the wall songs. And I mean, that's what you hope for. You, you yeah. You never write a song and think, well, this will be deep in the album, and no one. Will I'll just slip this one past the goalpost. <laughs> you never think about it that way. Each one is, is, you know, you work hard on all of them and want them all to count. And so to get that uh, and have the fans get that is a is a real treat. And you want to stoke that fire, you know, all the while getting that there's this peripheral couple hundred people every night. that Throwing the net out. and you, They, they yeah. want to hear We Could Be Kings and they want, you know, all right, we'll play that, sure. I, I get that same feeling, you know, of, you want everybody together. That's an exciting part of any show. And you also just want to push them. You want to push them as much as you can. You just don't want to push Without them. pushing them away. Yeah, you don't yeah. want to push them away. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Um, yeah, man. Thank you for your patience with hey, the no sweat, man. I the get stalls. It. And um, that was great. I really enjoyed kind of getting into some, you know, real stuff. Yeah, we went pretty um, deep, man. <laughs> into the... Uh, into the post-party uh, yeah, questions. Right. <laughs> and good luck. Um, good luck working it through and keep on doing it. You too, man. Doing yeah. what makes you happy. Yeah, and, um, it's it's and good to see you here. It's good to see you. And don't leave it another three years, will you? Hell no. Thanks for your time, Dave. Thank you, man. You get crowned, so down. You'll forget the sound. The sound she makes when she calls out your name. Love the clatter of her 
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.